guys, welcome back to Skylines. This is your host, Sky Hume, and today I am here with Huron John. Hello, how are we doing? Happy to be here. All right, what is your song of the day for today? The song of the day for today is, it's called Play That Thing Again, and the artist is Esprit, it's spelled E-S-P-R-I-T. How are we doing? So if people here haven't heard your name before, can you let them know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so I am a, I'm a 20, uh, 22-year-old musician. Um, an artist from Chicago. Uh, currently, I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I write, produce, engineer all my music, uh, make the cover art, and basically everything is, is done in an, an extremely DIY uh, in-house fashion, um, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So, yeah, happy to be here. You're a college student who creates every aspect of his music from the writing to producing to the art by himself. How how do you manage to do that while keeping up with school or, you know, while being in school? Everyone always asks that. Um, and there's really no true answer, I would say. It's just, it kind of just, it just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it, it would be a much different, um, it would be a much different situation if you, like I started this artist project the summer before my freshman year of college. Um, so I was kind of going into college with this project being virtually unknown. Um, and, uh, you know, it would be a different, it would be a different ball game if it's like, if you're a freshman in college and you get like 10 million plays overnight or something, you know, like then it's a, another conversation to be had. But I think, you know, since I, since, you know, the first kind of two, two years, one and a half years of my college experience, this project was, you know, very, very small. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it still is. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think just, it's more so about me just kind of acknowledging that, you know, I'm in college, I'm almost done, you know, we just, we gotta finish it out. You know, there's no, there's no point in jumping ship at this point, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with music, it ultimately comes down to like, if, if you want to spend your time on it, you'll find a way to make yeah. time to work on it, you totally. know? And you, usually that, usually that comes with, you know, me, me cutting corners on the academics and whatnot, you know, but, but it's all right. Goodbye, John.
your writing process for Maple Syrup Tears look like? Could we like dive into that a little bit? Yeah, so so I started working on that track. Um, I really was making that whole album in like summer 2019, fall 2019, basically. Yeah, it was it was sort of just like I was coming off of like a major writer's slump, you know, production slump kind of thing. I didn't really know what I wanted to, wanted to do. And at that time, I was listening to a lot of like New Order, a lot of The Cure, like a lot of like Smashing Pumpkins. And I was kind of just like, you know, wanting to kind of get into that kind of bag a little bit, you know, the drums, like, you know, like with the guitar and all that. My writing process is always kind of making, uh, like I'm a producer first before being a songwriter or a singer. I don't even really consider myself a vocalist. Um, I'm always, uh, I always start with a production, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm a beat maker. Like I'm, I'll just be, you know, making beats and shit like that. And it's like, okay, well, this beat is finished. It's, you know, three minutes long. Let's, let's write to it now. Um, I don't really write songs on instruments, you know, like I'm not really like, there's so many of those songwriter types where they sit down with a guitar or a piano only and they write their song, you know, like I, I wish I could do that, but I, I can't, I just don't really work that way. Um, so yeah, really Maple Syrup Tears was just me kind of getting into uh, starting to make beats again after a five or six month kind of hiatus. It had a lot of versions, it had like seven or eight kind of different instrumental versions um, that are all like very different. Um, and finally, I kind of landed on the feel of the last one. And I wasn't really entirely sure about that song. I was kind of like, eh, like it, it's kind of funny like that it's now my, my most popular track. I was kind of not really too sure about it. And even like that whole Apocalypse Wow album, I wasn't, I was kind of like, uh, I was just like nervous and I didn't you know, really know how like that it was going to do as well as it did. I remember showing my mom a bunch of the music and I was like, you know, like, what do you think about this one? What about this one and this one, whatever. And I was like debating on what song to have be the first single for the project. And I picked this like really weird track that like got one of the lowest amount of plays on the whole album, you know, like one of the least popular kind of like deeper cuts. And I was like, oh, this one, this is gonna be the single. And then she was like, no, like, fuck no, like don't do that. And then she was like, oh, this track, like pick this one, you know, and it was Maple Syrup Tears. And I was like, not really, like, nah, like, I don't think so. This is, I don't think this track is that good. And she was like, no, like, you should really have that single. She was right, huh? Moms are always right. <laughs> yeah, 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 you gotta listen to mom, bro. The mom, your mom is always right. There was a time period um, last winter where I was a delivery driver for a pizza place. So I would just drive around like listening to music and I would hear all these right. songs, but I wasn't necessarily looking at what songs I was listening to. Sure. So Maple Syrup Tears, I would hear it over and over. And I was like, it was the song that starts out with Goodbye John and it goes into this cool thing. And I never, never knew the name of it. Oh my God, you're just like bumping it. Exactly. And then finally it came on and I caught the name and I was like, yes, I got it. Oh my gosh, that's so goofy. That, that's, that's great. That's great. I always love hearing about like what people do like while they listen to stuff or like how they, you know, whatever. Because I have those stories. Like I'll be like, oh yeah, like this album was my album, you know, two years ago when I would walk home from the gym, you know, when I would swim in the pool, like this is what I would walk home to or whatever, like stuff like that, so. She taught me over breakfast. I was crying maple syrup tears.
first album was Apocalypse Wow. And then mm -hmm. this year you came out with um, Cartoon Therapy. Were there any like notable differences that you made between the two albums? Well, really that was kind of the thing is it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a thing among artists that like your second album is like really hard, you know, and it's just, you kind of just like, what do we do? You know, like that's kind of just like a common trope. And I, that's how I felt with the second album is I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. Cause I was kind of like, well, you know, like Apocalypse Wow, like this was kind of the first time that I really got my name out there and whatever. And I just didn't really know, like, am I supposed to like kind of make a part two or am I supposed to try something totally different? And I feel like I kind of got caught in the middle where I didn't really pick one or the other. Where like, I kind of tried new stuff a little, but I was also kind of continuing the old sound and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, you know, that was definitely a really tough like project just because I kind of wasn't entirely comfortable in myself yet to make a big switch up in, in style. Whereas kind of like the first music that I would come out with, you know, like my EPs and my singles back in like 2018 and 2019, from that material to Apocalypse Wow was such a big shift. You know what I mean? Whereas kind of Apocalypse Wow to Cartoon Therapy, the two albums, it wasn't really that big of a shift. So it was kind of just me getting internally conflicted in the middle of that kind of zone of like, oh, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know what to really throw my dart at, like which end of the spectrum, like, do I need to make this album for like the people that are already like really hard, hardcore, you know, listeners of the first album? Like, are they going to not like me anymore if the second album isn't like the old, you know, it's just like a whole, a whole thing. So like really the, the process of that album was, was very interesting. I think kind of what I, what I ended up finding out was that the people that really like this shit, like they're going to like it regardless kind of that kind of thing and like you know i think what the album did show me was like i'd never really made kind of more dancey music before um and like the two most popular songs on the album like were the most dancey songs i've ever made and it was kind of just like oh, okay like i can get into a more because that's what i kind of want to get into it's kind of making more kind of like mgmt like daft punk kind of dancey fun stuff you know yeah and um that's really what that album showed me. It was like, oh, you know, you can do this and people people will people will like it, you know? So I, if, if anything, that was kind of the main piece of like encouragement that it gave me. Do you think that's something that'll manifest in your upcoming work? 100%, yeah, I, I plan on, I plan on kind of shifting up, shifting up the style pretty, pretty heavily, honestly. So what have you been working on lately? Well, so lately, um, kind of what's been going on lately is just, you know, because I'm in my senior year of college, like school has been, it's been really tough balancing school with all of this stuff. And it's, it's been kind of different than, you know, like sophomore year, junior year, whatever. It was like, it was much easier, you know, plus like junior year was basically entirely online, like with the COVID stuff. And cause it was, it was very easy to like have a ton of time to just do music <clears throat> now kind of just finishing up the degree and everything. It's just, you know, kind of a lot going on and really like, this was kind of the first time ever that I've been like touring. Um, so we did like, you know, like in all of November, like we did Los Angeles, San Diego, and we just did Chicago and Toronto, like some pretty big shows there. And we came back to Nashville and like, you know, that took up a lot of time because I've never had a live set that I was like really confident about and that I really liked. So really the entire, this entire fall has basically gone to developing the live set and creating the live set rather than kind of making music. What was it like to perform your own live set that you were 
you know, happy with and proud of? Was that super uh, it was, cool for you? It was, it was super awesome. Cause like I performed a lot, like kind of pre COVID, mm-hmm. um, like really kind of DIY shows, like really just kind of, you know, stuff. I, I only really had one like formal gig in like a real venue with like a lot of people there, like pre COVID basically. And then, you know, COVID hit and then like my first album came out and then uh, really that was the first time that my music like really got out there and it was kind of like, okay, well now your name is getting out there for the first time on like a noticeable scale while there's no live shows going on. So it was kind of like exiting the, exiting the pandemic, you know, it's kind of up for debate. You know, people are like, oh, it's still going on. Other people say it's not going on and it's kind of this whole big weird gray area. And um, so it was sort of like kind of coming out of that into this new era. It was sort of like for the first time, me being like, okay, well, now I have to get a live set together. You know, now it's not just everybody sitting on their computers and whatever, you know, like now it's like, I've got to get, I've got to get this good in real life and entertaining in real life, you know, for people, because the live show and the live, uh, the live experience is such a big part of the landscape for an artist. So yeah, so that was kind of like, you know, last, this time last year, like I was making my second album and now this time this year, it's almost like the same type of process, but developing a live set instead of making something on record, you know? Well, I can't wait to see what you're doing it this time next year. I'm sure it'll be just as cool as these, huh? Absolutely. So you said you um, were hoping to write some beats that are similar to like MGMT or Daft Punk. Um, What music do you like to listen to on your own time? Like, where do you draw your influences from? Um, I mean, those are, those are two, you know, really big ones. Definitely. I listen to a ton of stuff. Like I, I love, uh, I'm a big Kanye fan. I really love uh, King Cruel. Um, I love a lot of nineties kind of rock stuff and like shoegaze. Like I love, uh, like my bloody Valentine. I really like electronic music. Like I love like the subgenre vaporwave. Like I really love this guy named George Clanton. I like, you know, I love Earl sweatshirt. There's a group out of New York city called standing on the corner that I really enjoy. There's a ton of stuff like Black Moth, Super Rainbow, you know, a lot of house music. It's it's like all over the map. Getting definitely excited to kind of get into a more like dance and like funk kind of like fun area. Yeah, it's a super cool genre and it's a really fun one to experiment with, with all the technology opportunities totally. we have. Um, totally. What software do you use for your production? Uh, it's called Reason. Reason. Yeah, that, reason. Not, not a lot of people use it. It's kind yeah, of like a weird. That's not one I've heard of. Yeah, I've I've used it since twenty thirteen. I've used it forever. Does it work fairly similarly? I mean, they all kind of do the same thing yeah. to some degree. It's more so about like the driver than like the car you're in. You know, yeah, like exactly. they all they all kind of do the same thing. But like reason places a heavy emphasis on like hardware and like stuff like that, which I think is which is something I'm very into um so yeah you know re- reason's kind of a kind of a weird one i haven't really met too many people that use it um because it's kind of an older program um like it's been around since like the late 90s but uh, it's still like getting updated today you know like it's very current you know with kind of the production climate of today but yeah it's it's definitely kind of a like like a sort of like black sheep of like a, a daw you know it's a little it's kind of like the weird kid in the corner did you um, start using Reason because it had cool hardware, like you said? No, really, I started using it um, because I was really 
you know, I was really young. It was like, I was like 12, 13, and that was in 2013. Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I was like 13 and I started getting into a lot. It was kind of the first time that I started getting into other types of music. And I was really huge into like the whole odd future thing mm-hmm. and like kind of the really old, like Tyler, the creator stuff. I was super into that. And he, it was in 2013 and uh, Tyler put out his album. It was called Wolf. Um, it was his, uh, his second studio album that dropped, I think, April 2nd, 2013. And I became just so obsessed with that album and I wasn't producing yet. And that album kind of just changed everything for me in terms of just looking at music and, and all that. And I was just like, I went on Google and I was like, I didn't even know like what producing was like my understanding of music at that time. Cause I was just listening to only like nineties rock and shit. And I was just sort of like, my understanding of music was that all music is a bunch of people in the studio playing real instruments together. You know what I mean? I didn't know that this was, that there was like a, you know, you can go on the computer and make music, you know, like, like I, I didn't really know that that was a thing. Um, <clears throat> so I would just go, I Googled like, you know, how, how did Tyler like make the the backing tracks, you know, on the Wolf album, you know, like what, what's the deal? And the top result was reason. Um, he used it to make that album. He doesn't use it anymore, um, but he used it to make that album and a couple other uh, tracks and whatever. So yeah, man, I downloaded that shit and I fell in love. It, it was an enlightening moment when I found out that I could make all that music on my computer. Yeah, no, right. You're just sort of like, it, this really just enables me to do really whatever I want. And with all, you know, the free, like having a ton of hardware is great, but with having uh, having all the resources online and the, all, everything that's free and the sample packs and, you know, free soft synths and whatever, like there's infinite tools out there to make everything. Like it's, it just, it's at your disposal. You just got to dig for it. Yeah, it makes it super, you know, easy. Like if if you want to create and, you know, you have the means to create, then you can and you can put it out there and people can do it if they want to. All right. If you could give any piece of advice to um, musicians or I guess specifically college musicians, because that seems to be a pretty solid demographic of Skylines, um, what would you tell them? I would say that really the only way to achieve success is to like relentlessly keep trying. Like it sounds very cliche, but truly the only way to get success is to just keep throwing darts at the board. You know, it's like if you're, if you're truly releasing music over and over again, and if, you know, one song or one record doesn't do well, and you legitimately go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what about this didn't do well? You know, like, what can I try that's brand new? You know, what can I do differently? What can, you know, this, that, whatever, like, if you're truly doing that over and over and over again, whether it takes, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, like you, you will, you will, uh, you will do what you want at some point, you know, like you, you will, you'll get there to the point where you're like, oh, fuck yeah, like this is, this is something special and people like it and whatever, like you'll get there. It's just a matter of really trying over and over again and trying to innovate and do new stuff. You know, it's like if you're making the same song over and over and over again and no one's liking it and you're wondering, you know, why there's why are they, they're not getting it. They're not getting it. And you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like, yeah, you, nothing will ever happen for you, you know, but as long as you're truly putting your heart into it in the most authentic way that you can and really just trying to push yourself and push boundaries, you know, you'll, you'll be just fine. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to get to speak with you. Um, Maple Syrup Tears has been one of my favorite songs for many months now. 
And now I can say I know how it was made. So that's pretty Thank cool. You. Thank you. For having, uh, we really appreciate having conversations with anybody, you know, everybody listening, you know, we, we appreciate all of it. So thank you. Thank you. All right. You are listening to Skylines. I'm your host, Sky Hume, here today with Huron John. Thank you. Tune in next time. Peace out.